We're looking today at some verses from Romans, and we'll be starting at Romans 12. But before we go there, I thought it'd be helpful and relevant uh, to remember an anniversary. And I'm thinking of the the time in uh, in the US and Europe and in Africa at the moment is on this day, the 9th of February in 1555, that's 466 years ago, a Protestant reformer, Roland Taylor, was burnt at the stake in the small town of Hadley in Suffolk in England, where he was the minister of the local church. He was executed during the persecutions under Queen Mary, alias Bloody Mary, the daughter of Henry VIII, as she tried to restore Roman Catholicism as the national religion. The charge against him was heresy. He, did, he had denounced the, uh, the forced celibacy of the clergy. He had denounced the teaching of transubstantiation that is, after some priestly incantations, uh, the bread and the wine is supposedly turned into the actual body and blood of Christ. Roland Taylor preached salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and chose death rather than to recant his faith. Among those present at his burning, were his wife and his children, as well as members of his congregation. And his wife, Margaret, uh, was the niece of another martyr, William Tyndale, who was burnt at the stake in 1536 for publishing the Bible in English. And I got to thinking about this and I thought, if death by burning were only hours away, where would my thoughts be centred? And I wanted to share uh, Roland Taylor's final words to his son, Thomas. And they are these. Almighty God bless thee and give you his Holy Spirit to be a true servant of Christ, to learn his word and constantly to stand by his truth all thy life long. And my son, See that thou fear God always, fly from sin and wicked living, be virtuous, serve God daily with prayer, and apply thy book. I think that's Middle English uh, for book. In any wise, see thou be obedient to thy mother, love her and serve her, be ruled by her now in thy youth, and follow her good counsel in all things. Beware of lewd company of young men that fear not God, but follow their lewd lusts and vain appetites. Flee from whoredom and hate all filthy lying. Remember that I, thy father, do die in the defence of holy marriage. And another day, when God shall bless thee, love and cherish the poor people and count that thy chief riches uh, to be rich in almsgiving. And when thy mother is waxed old, forsake her not, but provide for her to thy power, and see that she lacks nothing. For so God will bless thee, 
give thee long life upon earth and prosperity, which I pray to God grant thee. And so, uh, with godly concern and sound prayerful advice, died a great servant of the Lord. Now, we're not all called upon to lay down our lives in such a very literal way, but we are all called upon to present a sacrifice to God, and we're to do it in an ongoing way, not a sacrifice of justification and salvation. That, that perfect sacrifice was made once for all by our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The sacrifice that we're looking at today has to do with our sanctification and our worship. And Paul speaks about it in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, where he says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter calls us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And as you look at the, the priest in the Old Testament, they're set apart to present sacrifices to God, that God has commanded his people as part of their worship. And Paul picks up on that priestly duty when he uses the word present, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's very clear as you read the Old Testament that God didn't want the dead bodies of sacrifices as such. What God wants is the loving, thankful heart and the seeking after him that should go with the sacrifice. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 and 6, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. So Paul is telling us in Romans 12 that the people of God are still to present a sacrifice, but it isn't the, the dead carcass of an animal on the altar. It's us. We're to present ourselves, our lives in this body as a living sacrifice. Something else to note about the sacrifices, the sacrifices of the priests in Leviticus are described as holy to the Lord. And so this sacrifice that Paul speaks about is to be holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship, our logical, reasonable, sensible, rational worship with the mind fully engaged. Holy and acceptable worship that God indicates in his word that he desires. It's a spiritual worship, spirit and truth worship that comes from what we are rather than what we do. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Sadly, 
come to some places that sadly some people confuse music leaders with worship leaders. As we come to towards the end of, of this, I'd like to share with you also to look briefly at the basis of the appeal that Paul makes. He says, I appeal to you, therefore. And whenever we see therefore, we should wonder what the therefore is there for. So I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And not only is our worship to be intelligent, it is also to be thankful worship. Paul has been speaking about the mercies of God for just about 11 chapters in Romans. And it's calling these to mind, to call, to, to call the mercies of God to mind that feeds thankful worship. And I've just picked on a few verses, a few passages here that I'd like to just quickly read and uh, maybe highlight a couple of words. Uh, Romans 3, 23 and 4. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There are three mercies of God uh, listed in those two verses. Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is another mercy of God. Romans 5.2, through him, we have also obtained access by this faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Access to God and hope are another couple of mercies. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which he has given us. There's another couple of mercies of God. Romans 5, 8, God shows his love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is a wonderful mercy of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And there's another uh, mercy of God there. In those few references there are at least 10 mercies of God. And if you want a bit of homework to do, go through, the, go through Romans and have a look to, and pull out those mercies of God. Well, I began by referring to uh, Roland Taylor's martyrdom on February the 9th, 1555. But long before that day, he had reckoned himself as crucified with Christ. And he'd learned the practice of daily presenting his body as a living sacrifice in life. Now, why is it important to remember this as a daily exercise? Well, it's because living sacrifices have a tendency to try and crawl off the altar. May God help us in our logical, reasonable, sensible, rational, spiritual worship. Amen.